What about that? Huh? Is that going to be an option? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure that this would be enough. <laughs> And welcome to another edition of our weekly chat about RB Leipzig in English, brought to you by Richard and Mario uh, from Leipzig. And we come to you online every Thursday and Friday, or whenever you feel like it. And today is one of those days. Uh, it's like a bonus track that we're releasing. Um, Richard, how are you today? Hey, good morning, Mario. Thank you. I slept well. I'm so excited about this episode. And um, yeah, that's going to be a great show. Let's go. It's good to hear that because you're excited about every episode that we've done so far, even the ones we have never released. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. So today is, is sort of an additional track because so many things are happening. And in German, we call this Englische Wochen because there are so many games um, during the week, um, starting a couple of weeks ago. And uh, today we're going to talk uh, about key takeaways from the Bayern Munich game and have a little preview of the upcoming clash with Manchester City in the Champions League. So if we look at the uh, last game of uh, Bayern Munich, uh, when we played Bayern Munich, of course, this is one of the highlights in the season. And I must admit, um, all the events that preceded that game, i.e. the uh, release of duties of uh, Max Abel as a sporting director, did not really feature in any of the topics or discussions uh, supporters had prior to the game. And I was really surprised about that. Um, I think the focus was so much on the upcoming game with Bayern Munich. And, and during the game, you could really feel the intense atmosphere and, and great support of everyone, including, I think, myself. I tried to really yell down Harry Kane when he uh, uh, unfortunately scored that penalty. And uh, he didn't take any notice, I can tell you that. Um, so I was really pleased with that. What are your key takeaways from from the uh, match, uh, Richard? Okay, my key takeaways from that um, match are, you know, Marco Rosa always talks about um, playing adult football. And um, part of it, in my opinion, is being clever, act, act smart. And this is what our young players have to learn very, very quickly. Um, there were three scenes um, in that game that I, that I um, recognized. Um, the first was, was shortly after the game started um, when, when Schlager committed a foul somewhere in midfield and, and, and Bayern executed the free kick very quick while our players were moaning towards the ref and came past the ball to Masiala who broke free and almost scored the, the early lead for Munich. And someone just has to stand there, take the ball in his hands or do whatever necessary uh, that the Bayern is not able to, to force um, the game go further like that quickly. Um, I agree. I mean, um, we were really surprised that there was this open chance right at the start, but everybody else really just celebrated Yanis' great uh, save, monster yeah, save. Beautiful effort, by the way. Yes, indeed. Um, the second situation I want to refer is, is when Benny calls the penalty. There's absolutely no need for him to put his arm up that high. Never. Okay. So because that helped Bayern um, massively to find back into the game. I agree, but to be honest, we didn't even see that. <laughs> I didn't even know, well, guess, well, it was, was on our side of the pitch, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and when the uh, when you could see the display that the VAR is checking something, you knew it was about a penalty and it could only be a handball, but I, I couldn't point out how and who and why. 
Um, so uh, it is. It was something we we didn't really notice. To be honest, a lot of people didn't notice in the stadium. Yes, it was. It was. It was. A, it was a hard hard shot, and it wasn't. And and even in the in the replay, um, it wasn't easy to see. But but in, from from the right angle, yes, there was no doubt about that. This um, ball touched the arm, and the arm was wide uh, spread from the body. So clear clear penalty. Yeah, and the third scene where we have to act smaller is. Um, in that in that in the dribbling uh, by Sané or Musiala, I don't know who, who did it, and uh, when Sané finally uh, scored the equalizer, um, he he was he was held and touched several times on his way through midfield, but no one was encouraged enough to pull his jersey to stop him. Okay, <laughs> so we, we talk so often about professional foul when when sometimes it's it's kind of necessary to to avoid such a breakaway. And and if there was ever a situation where it would have been just smart to commit a little tactical foul, yeah, it was that scene. Mm, yeah, that's what, what a lot of people said. But in that moment when everything happened uh, during the match, uh, we just picked up on on Sunny's pace. It was it was beautifully played by Bayern Munich. You have to give him that. But uh, Sané then did make some slightly provocative gestures into the RB Leipzig supporters area, which he could have just done without, to be honest, because nobody doubts his quality. But yeah, it was it was one of those moments when you thought, bloody hell, <laughs> why did we uh, why did we concede the equalizer here? And, and maybe coming back to the previous scene you talked about. Um, the the penalty that Harry Kane took um, before Harry Kane was actually taking the penalty. Um, I think it was Mo. Mo really, uh, or was it even David Raum? Um, really gestured to the crowd just to get, um, well, to get loud. Uh, to as you would say in football, make some noise, and and we did. Um, but I have to tell you, Harry Kane is is such a professional. You know, he didn't take notice of that at all. Really took a very good uh, penalty. Blasters. Did touch and almost almost um, had the ball, um, but Harry Kane. Otherwise, I didn't really see much in the game. But this one, he took exceptionally well. I must admit. Yeah. Um, another thing that struck me was how stupid, no, not very nice <laughs> or not very very good. Connie Liner looks in the Bayern shirt. That looks so wrong. I, I mean, Upamecano got used to, but Connie Liner in the Bayern shirt. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to get used to it. I don't know about you, but this looked wrong on so many levels. Yeah, <laughs> in, indeed, I'm I'm with you. No doubt about it. That's that, that's a wrong shirt. Wrong shirt. But uh, but but I like that um, he got his um, um, farewell from 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 the club. Yeah, yeah. That was and and I think that was a mutual feeling of respect and and gratefulness. Um, so so all good on that front. So uh, in regards to, to, to that game um, and in regards to farewell of, of players who contributed so much, what do you think is going to happen on Wednesday when Joshko arrives? Mm, okay, um, I got an opinion to his role and, and situation in this uh, Man City defense, but I, I don't want to spoil this right now. Okay, <laughs> but um, I, I believe you you will come up with a cunning plan yes, how I we do. can beat Manchester City. But before in, you do indeed. that, before you do that, I'm going to tell you what my cunning plan is. Are you ready for it? Um, yes. Come on, let's go. Get back. Get back. Achim Bayerlotze. Just for one game. Because he is unbeaten in Champions League games. What about that, huh? Is that going to be an option? Um, 
I'm I'm not sure that this would be enough. I I think it takes a little bit a little bit more this could time. Could help. Yeah, it could help maybe. So okay, Man City. Um, let let me start. Okay, Man Man mm -hmm. City RPL, same old, same old. <laughs> um, mm, I know this this club will, will always be connected to to our history because um, of that infamous seven 0 in, in the round of the last sixteen this year's March. An unforgettable performance of, of Erling Haaland as he scored five times. And, and to be honest, yeah. if Pep wouldn't have taken him off after 63 minutes, I'm sure he would have scored one or maybe two more that night. He was so hot and our team was just stunned of, of what this squad is capable of accomplishing. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, so it's and painful that, to watch. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, it was really painful. Yeah. And they're out, outperforming. Not just us, they're outperforming the Premier League for six seasons now. Mm. Listen, they achieved five titles in the last six seasons, three in a row recently. Only Liverpool was able to interrupt the dominance in the 2019-2020 season um, when they made it to the top. So, so I repeat that for you and our listeners, hopefully there are some. Um, five titles in the last six seasons in the league that is packed with gazillions of money. So all teams or the top teams at least can spend ridiculous amounts of brass what will diminish it as, as a factor to outdo uh, your competitors and that is why i believe what, what man city achieved here is so much harder than, than winning a dozen times the bundesliga in a row mm, and, true and, yeah and, and to me that says a lot about those people who are running this business so like spending a whole lot of money on, on famous and, and surely above average players is, is a piece of cake, you know? Um, I could do that with ease and you too. But, but, okay. that, but yes, but we, we could. I'm going to quit my day job, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but, but developing an idea of how I want or maybe I have to play to be able to win titles and, and then recognizing which certain player fits my needs most, this is this is a hard nut to crack. Mm. And this is what Pep and his staff are doing with a remarkable effort year by year, season by season, over and over again. Um, I tip my hat to that. And I have an example for you. Um, you're, you're surely re, uh, remembering Vincent Company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that famous Belgian defender who played for Man City yeah. for 11 years. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, in, in my opinion, he was the backbone of this defense. And when he left uh, at the end of the 2018 19 season, um, it was that next season where Man City struggled to find the right replacement and Liverpool went for the championship finally. Mm -hmm. So, sure, uh, Man City still played on a, on a high level and finished second in, in the league uh, and, and conceded only 35 goals. But but to show you what I mean uh, with, with struggling is this shocking stat. Okay, get ready. Fasten your seatbelt. I'm, I'm, um, I'm sitting. I'm holding tight. Come okay. on. Yes. They, lost, they lost nine games in that season when they finished runner-up. So nine games losing. Okay, this is not much. But in, in Man City dimensions, this is a it lot. It is. It yeah. is. Because they lost six games in the two seasons before combined. Okay. Yeah. And then lost nine games combined the two seasons after this mentioned nine game losing season. Must have um, felt like they get relegated pretty soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. It Poor is guys. It is just like that. It's just like that. So so what Pep did, Pep recognized that there is a missing piece, you know, Vincent Company. This is the missing piece uh, in, in his puzzle. And he found a solution in Ruben Diaz, who played mm -hmm. for Benfica started there uh, 
for 91 league games in a row when he was eligible to play. I think he missed only one or two because of a yellow card uh, suspension. Sounds like Willy Orban. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Slightly, yeah? Yeah, also slightly. And um, so he, he played since the age of 20, 91 games in a row as a center back. Yeah. He was never injured. Yeah. And he came in in the 2020 uh, start of the season for 62 million pounds then 23 year olds at that time and started the final 32 games of the Premier League in that season. So Ruben Dias came in 23 years old in the best league of the world and started and mm, 32 just games like in that. A row. Yeah. And then one from the very beginning he was a huge factor for their defense stability uh, and if he plays and he will this task for I'm RBL. afraid now. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm really scared. That, that was that was uh, that was meant to be. Um, and the task and the task for RB offense department is definitely a harder one um, than it would be if if not facing Diaz on on the pitch. But there are some weaknesses which I take a look later on. No okay. way. Yes, I are, can't wait are, to hear are, about those are, weaknesses. There are, yeah, there are weaknesses. Okay, let me talk about the strength first. Um, okay. So Diaz is is usually in the starting lineup and. Um, the the other yeah even outstanding defenders who joins joins him in different formations is, is mostly Nathan Aki who plays beside him in the center back field or it's Manuel Akanji um, who alternate with with one another as as a right wing back it's Kai Walker and to me it's one of the, one of the best in the world so so don't don't attack the left side don't don't mm -hmm. attack over over the RB left side so because you you will face Kai Walker on that um, Right wing back side, and um, this is clearly the, the better um, defending side mm -hmm. of Man City. Um, but we, we already see, uh, excuse me, we already saw Aki taking over on that left defense side, and, and sometimes Josko has to play there. And in my opinion, Josko is a, is a, is a world class center back, but a best mediocre on that um, outside defending left side. So one key takeaway to win is attack over the right side. Mm -hmm. You know, um, let's face the, the truth. Um, they, I think they conceded um, in the first seven games uh, in this season Premier League and in the, the UCL uh, six goals. Okay, five in the league and one against Red Star. So this Red Star goal against came after a turnover in midfield and was a breakaway. So we don't have to look into that. And But, but the five goals in the league they came all over their left defending side mm -hmm. huh? okay so two times the, the goal was was on Josko when, when he lost the crucial tackle in midfield or wasn't forceful enough the other time to uh, get to the attacking player and then try to block the ball um, and those two goals against um, against Wolves last Sunday um, it seems that Aki isn't the fastest guy okay so um Besides a fun fact, um, did you see the game-winning goal from, from Wolves? No, I didn't. <laughs> it was a nice interaction from Cunha and, and Wang. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Familiar names. They sorted out at RBL, but still good enough to beat Man City. Uh, whatever that means for our court. Jesus. Yeah, okay. So attack. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we should. Well, if you talk about these former players, hey, I got a point in getting Achim Bayalotza back. Come mm -hmm. on. Yeah, maybe. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, this is... So one key to win, attack their um, left defensive side. Okay, midfield. Um, 
you surely remember this this uh, this mid this midfield, this famous midfield in the recent years. Um, Gündogan, De Bruyne, and uh, Odi. Mm. Okay, beautiful. So, Gündogan not there anymore. Left the club. De, Bru De Bruyne out uh, with the upper leg injury several mm -hmm. weeks. Um, so the last man standing is is Rodri. And, and what I said about Ruben Dias and as a defender, to me, it's, it's the same thing about Rodri in midfield. It's, it's the authority there in the defensive midfield. He's on that pitch anytime unless Pep gives him a rest from, from time to time. And he's, he's the maestro in that, uh, that squad. He sees opportunities when one of his teammates is open and, and is really capable of getting passes off quickly. So in, in the last season, he finished second in the Premier League and completed passes with a total number of 2,723 and a passing success rate of 91.2%. That's impressive. This is insane. To put this into proportion, our passing leader and the, the passing leader of the Bundesliga, by the way, with 2,345, so what is about 400 passes less, uh, was Willy Orban. Mm, okay. With the, with, the, with the passing success rate of 88.9%. Which um, is very high already. Yes, it is. And and he is a defender. So keep in mind, Rodri is a midfielder. And and, and besides Kimmich, who plays in midfield usually at Bayern 2. Who's that? Uh, <laughs> some, some, some guy who played for RBL uh, earlier. Um, and the remaining 40 out of the leading 15 players who played uh, uh, Bundesliga last season in, in passing department are defenders. So, mm -hmm. so, so this is What, wow. what Rodri makes very, very special. He, he put up numbers, passing numbers from midfield that usually don't fit in, 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 in modern football to me. So Richard, it seems that Man City's midfield is, me, is, is missing two key players with De Bruyne being injured and Gundogan playing for Barca. Um, so do you think we're going to have a real chance to uh, take advantage of that? No, no, this is, uh, in my opinion, um, this drop-off in quality isn't that big because Pep, um, again, was, was to ask to reassemble um, this midfield and he did that, in my opinion, by switching from a, his preferred 4-3-3 formation uh, last season to a 4-2-3-1. So that means um, that uh, Rodri in the defensive uh, midfield uh, gets one next to him and then you have uh, three... Um, you know, one one clear offensive midfielder, which is uh, usually now uh, taken over this duties by um, Julian Alvarez, and uh, two wingers in, in the offensive midfield. So it's it's different formation um, that fits to uh, this squad more than uh, it fits, or like or the D four three three formation fitted more to uh, the midfield when uh, Audrey had uh, De Bruyne and Gündoğan next to him. So what could be the cunning plan then? How can we actually get a positive result on uh, Wednesday? Okay. Um, the first thing, first thing I already mentioned, attack left defensive side. Okay. Okay. Um, the second, be patient. Be patient. Be patient. be patient. The ball, the, the ball position will be in Man City's favor. No doubt about that. And uh, no problem. Oh, yeah. There will be chances for turnovers. So be patient. Let them the ball. And mm -hmm. the third one, be efficient. Mm. Um, be efficient. Sure, this is always good advice. I know, um, <laughs> but but in games, but in games like these, there there won't be a lot of opportunities to score. So right. use those few you will get. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're right. Sounds sounds um, well. It <laughs> sounds pretty logical. But being patient, bloody hell, it's going to be late night. You know, just uh, everybody is going to be impatient. But but you got a big point. You got a big point there. I think it's going to be well another level up to Bayern Munich. Um, last Friday, I think the mm -hmm. crowd's going to yeah. be there, and so that's that's going to be positive. 
Is there, there any prediction from your side? Can you make any predictions what's going to happen? Um, if things don't get out of hand so quickly, like uh, we, like it happened in March this year, we have a chance. Yes, I do believe this. Um, I can imagine a two-one win in our favor, and mm -hmm. I wouldn't be and I wouldn't be surprised if we see Cavallo in the starting lineup instead of Forsberg because um, that's surprising. He's yeah. he, he's he's a speedster, so he brings more speed, uh, especially over the right midfield side. So Xavi can can uh, um, pass to him a few times, and maybe he um, is running away from Aki or Josko. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Interesting. So uh, if we get into the lineup, um, what is your prediction for that? Okay, Blaswig, Hendricks, Simakan, Luka Raum in the defense, Schlager Kampel. I think um, they are undisputable at present. So Xavi and Carvalho. Mm -hmm. And in the front row, Openda and... Paulsen, Paulsen, you, you need him to cause hay haywalk, to cause haywalk in the, okay. in, the, in, the, in the deep Man City's defense. We talked about complaining. He's one for complaining as well. So there you go. <laughs> But sounds like a like a good lineup. I think Timo Timo Werner is is still injured. Um, yeah. I think he scored once and now he's injured. And uh, unfortunately, Danny Olmo and, and Willy Orban are out. I did notice um, during the last game that Haidara was in the squad for. Uh, warm up at the sidelines, so that was quite nice to see. Um, but do you th when do you think Sheshko is going to be a factor? Is he going to come in sort of like after an hour, or what do you think? Yes, I, I, I do think we will see him on the pitch, maybe mm -hmm. maybe in the whole second half. Depends on how the game develops. Right? I'm just hoping for a draw. I mean, I think I'll be happy with that. Um, not too optimistic, to be honest, but I think we're going to see a great fight. And now our team is going to put in everything they have. And we'll see where it gets us, where it gets us to. But yes, uh, yes. just trying to avoid another disaster like we did in Manchester would be awesome. This won't, this won't happen. <laughs> I'm sure this will not happen again. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with a draw too. Um, okay. Yes, but I'm sure, 100%, um, there won't be a blowout. No way. Okay, we're going to mark your words um, in our next episode. Just uh, like last time, guys, um, the fair is still going on. We call it the infamous Kleinmesser, and um, there are no parking spaces. So if you think about, if you do have a ticket and you think about coming by car, don't use the car. Take public transportation, walk, and don't use a helicopter either, because we don't have any helipads. helipads. So there you go. Richard, pleasure talking to you again on this fine morning without Thank you. sunshine. <laughs> the pleasure's on me. Thank you, Mario. <laughs> And uh, have an enjoyable day. Everybody out there, thank you for listening. Hope you tune in next time. Um, it'll be this week when we continue our weekly chat about RB Leipzig in English from Leipzig. Take care, guys. All the best. Tschüss. And auf geht's, Leipziger Jungs. <laughs>